Welcome to Contemplate, a Bible teaching ministry of Pastor David Robinson and brought to you by Axe Church in Vancouver, Washington. Today we're going to continue to learn why we believe what we believe as we set the stage for some powerful episodes ahead. Here's Pastor David. How much faith does it take to believe something is true? Okay. Now, the Christian faith is no different in the way that we approach these truth claims. We approach them the same way. We are either, as Christians, justified in believing what we believe based on the probability that Christianity is true, based on the evidence, or we don't have enough evidence to make it probable and therefore not justified in putting our faith in it. Right? There's nothing arrogant about believing in God if there's sufficient evidence to justify the belief that God exists, okay? There's nothing arrogant, mean, objectionable about believing that God exists if there's enough evidence to suggest that he does exist. And so that's the question. The question isn't, are we arrogant to even think we can answer this question? No one can know anything. The question is, well, you claim no one can know. I'm suggesting there's actually quite a bit of evidence, I'm suggesting there's a lot of things that we can look at to come to a conclusion about the probability of this thing being true and how much faith it would take to believe it, okay? Same is true for the reliability of the Bible, whether Jesus Christ rose from the dead, whether Ireland is a real place, any of those things, okay? All of those things are going to take a certain amount of evidence that's going to lead to a certain probability that's going to put you in a position to either believe the truth claim or not, okay? Now, we're going to make arguments over these six uh, uh, lessons about what we believe is true. We're going to make those arguments. It's your job. It's your job. If you're a skeptic and you're, and you're working with stuff, it's your job to determine whether the evidence presented is sufficient in quality and quantity to show enough probability to justify belief in Christianity. I've recently run into a, a, a guy Someone I know who, who wants to, to make the claim that the word belief should only be used with things like religion and it shouldn't be used with science and so on. Um, I just want to be clear when I use the word what it means, okay? We do, we're doing damage to language when we start trying to do that kind of stuff. Um, belief is simply what you think is real or true. That's all belief is. Every single thing that you think is real or true is a belief that you have, okay? So when I say belief, that's what I'm talking about. We are claiming that Christian beliefs are actually true. Actually true. Really actually true. Uh, we recognize that we have a burden of proof to show that the probability is sufficient to justify those beliefs. And we're up to the challenge. Um, so there's something that I'm asking for from those of you that, that came into this or on the video or whatever that are skeptics, that have come into this as a skeptic to weigh evidence. This is all I'm asking for folks, okay? I'm simply asking for you, before we get deep into this thing, to settle in your mind the standard you have for belief. How much evidence do you require and what kind of evidence? And then answer this question for yourself. If we provide that much evidence and that quality of evidence, are you going to change your mind? This is really important. If you've ever had conversations with folks, you'll find out just how important it is. Because if no amount of evidence will suffice 
for you to believe in God or in Jesus Christ, then you're not being intellectually honest about what you believe, which is fine. That's your thing, right? But you're believing what you want to believe in that case. And that's an emotional faith, not a reasonable belief. We're claiming that Christianity is a reasonable belief. And so there has to be a standard that's set up front in order to explore these issues, okay? So you have to decide up front what kind of evidence and what amount of evidence will satisfy your intellect in order to justify belief for you in God. You cannot move the goal, okay? You cannot move the goal so you can continue in your current beliefs, okay? Any intellectual pursuit has to have a standard. If you, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation. Um, I have. And what happens is somebody will come and they'll say, you know, something like, the Bible says that it's okay to do such and such, whatever it is, okay? That, that this thing isn't wrong. All you Christians say this thing is wrong, but the Bible says it's not wrong, okay? So we go to Scripture, and we start looking at it, and as we approach the text through regular interpretation, as we look at it, the other person sees that actually they're wrong about that, and that it says the opposite. It actually does say that that thing is wrong, or whatever they're arguing about, Okay? What often happens is that the goal gets moved back one step. And then it's, well, the Bible's really old and we don't know that we have the actual correct books and so on and so forth. And then you take the time to say, well, actually, and you go through it and how the Bible is the most well-attested ancient document in existence. And then they go, okay, but God didn't really inspire the people who wrote it. We may have what they really wrote and so on, but God didn't really inspire the people who wrote it. You know, and then you go through the process of showing that there's no other way to explain all the prophecies that were fulfilled and all the other things in, the, in Scripture that could only have been done if there was a supernatural creator, right, who was informing the writers. And they go, okay, but regardless, I don't believe in the Bible and it's not going to, you know, change my mind about anything. Now, here's the problem. At every step, the argument started here, but at every step, we ended up moving the goal, moving the goal, moving the goal, until at the end, we find out that it wouldn't have mattered what happened. The person was going to keep believing what they believed. Now, we're all subject to being like that. Stuff like confirmation bias, where we want to believe something, so we find the sources we go to the places, we read the articles, we watch the movies, we, you know, whatever it is, listen to the books, you know, um, that tell us what we want to believe. We go to those who agree with us, and then we bolster our own beliefs based on somebody that believes, with us, believes what we believe, okay? And then we get so stuck in that that we can't hear objection or we're unwilling to hear objection. If you're a skeptic and you're here or you're watching on video, you're already past that point. You're willing to engage with some stuff that you may object to. That's great. What I'm asking is that you set the standard now. Set the standard now. What is it going to take? And then don't move the goal. Don't move the goal. Um, interact with the information honestly. Um, and make no mistake, by the way, we, none of us that are Christ followers, became Christ followers based solely on logical proofs. Okay? That's not how it works, okay? There's a, there are spiritual realities at work as well. But we do believe that the worldview of a Christ follower is the most reasonable, most logical worldview out there based on evidence and reason. That's our claim. That's our claim. And I know it's a tough claim, right? Um, but these ideas that we're going to deal with, we're going to walk through over this next six weeks, they're not a game, 
They're not a game. This is life and death, right and wrong, heaven and hell, joy and sadness stuff. This is, this is the things that everybody cares about. At the end of the day, these are the things that at the end of the day, human beings actually care about. And so it's important. Eternity is in the balance. So we are very serious about this. And we invite you to take it seriously as well. If you've never engaged these types of ideas, this is the time to start because this is incredibly important stuff. Okay? Now, I want you to um, throw away, this is another objection that's out there, throw away uh, the notion, the recently popular notion, that smart people look to science and dumb people look to religion. Okay, this is a pretty pervasive idea that's growing out in culture. Smart people like science, dumb people like religion, as if science and religion are some completely separate thing and they can never interact. This is objectively untrue. It's objectively untrue, okay? What does it even mean in that context when you say someone is being dumb? It must mean something, right? Um, I think it means, usually in that context, it means that um, one set of potential facts is much more likely than another set of potential facts, and the person who's being claimed as dumb is following the potential facts that are much less likely, right? They're not thinking well, or they're not thinking at all. And that's the accusation by many people against Christians in that video that we started with, the little bumper video before the sermon, you hear Richard Dawkins saying something very much like that. It's time for people of reason to move on from this nonsense, essentially. Okay, that's a claim that's being made, okay? That is nonsense. That is nonsense. First of all, if you look at those who follow Christ right now, you'll find some of the smartest people in the world are Christ followers. The most prominent, most effective philosopher of the 20th century is a Christ follower, uh, uh, the guy who mapped the human genome is a Christ follower. So the idea that Christ followers are dumb or ignorant or not thinkers is just not true. The test for us is the same as the test for you about anything that we believe. Okay? Are we thinking well about it? Are we thinking well about it? Christianity is about facts. It's about facts. And primarily, Christianity rises or falls on the historical fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. At the end of the day, just to put it out there, spoiler alert, everything hinges for a believer, for a Christ follower, on whether or not Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Listen to what Scripture says about this. This is 1 Corinthians 15, 14 through 19. It says, And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom we did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. If Christ is not risen, we're a joke. We're a joke. And so that's a historical fact that either happened or didn't happen. Right? It's a historical fact that either happened or didn't. It's the kind of thing that you know like you know any other historical fact. If it's untrue, we're the most pitiable. 
Christianity has never uh, been intended to be a legend or some sort of mystery belief. There's mystery in the sense that we don't know or understand everything. Okay, just like science has mystery, things that we don't understand yet. But there is no legend or mystery in the facts that Christianity is based on. Okay, the whole thing was based on people who witnessed Christ alive after he was dead. The world changed because people were walking around witnessing, risking their lives to witness that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That's how this thing got started. That's how it's always gone. We are just those who now are in the line of those who were witnesses to the resurrection. Okay? So, the belief is the belief. It's true or it's not true. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself if you're a skeptic as you walk through this. If you don't want to hear it, you're not interested in it, you've made up your mind, that's fine. Just admit that to yourself. But what I, what I grow somewhat tired of seeing is those who come to a belief or pretend that they're above it. That somehow... They are so intellectually superior and that Christians are so intellectually inferior that, you know, to believe what we believe is just crazy. That's just nonsense. That's just nonsense. I I don't care if you don't want to. Well, I do care. But I can't do anything about you not wanting to engage with this. But if you're going to go and act like you're above it, then then I demand that you engage with it. I demand that you engage with it so that you can be correct about that, at least about that belief, okay? We don't, we don't fear facts. Christians don't fear facts. We don't fear science or psychology, geology, physics, philosophy, paleontology, astronomy, or any other ology or onomy, okay? We don't fear any of that. Just be careful that you don't fear losing your autonomy and reject Jesus Christ based on that. Don't let emotion, don't let fear drive your um, engagement with the facts that are here, okay? If eventually you go through all this and you engage with this and you end up believing the Bible is incorrect, you believe all this teaching is incorrect, you've lost nothing, right? You've lost nothing. You spent a few hours, but you got something. You gained an understanding about why so many Christians, and there's a lot of them, um, believe and act the way they do. At least you know something interesting, what Christians believe. If you eventually come to believe that the Bible is true and is reliable and that the Christian answers to the big questions of life are true, then you will gain more than you can imagine. There's a lot on the line here. The stakes are very high. We're completely willing to interact with those who we disagree with and still assume that they're smart, capable humans because of what I told you earlier. We believe you're made in the image and likeness of God. So we're going to treat you with that respect. All I'm asking is that you do the same. Just do the same if you're a skeptic. Okay? It doesn't only matter what you believe, but why you believe it. We understand that. We understand that. I want you to ask yourself whether or not you have good reasons for believing that what you believe is true. You act consistent with your beliefs. You act like you believe things are true and real because you make decisions every day based on all kinds of things, okay? Um, This is the same. This is the same. There's no way um, out of dealing with the fact that something is true 
about all these questions. Something is true. And I believe you have the intellectual brain power to discover what's plausible, what's possible, what's probable, based on evidence, the content. You have the ability to do that, and we're going to give you the content to do that. Now, a couple other things. Some of these issues, um, because they're such big issues, they raise emotions. They raise emotions up. They just get emotional. And that's why you don't talk about politics or religion at Thanksgiving dinner, right? Because it ruins Thanksgiving dinner. Because these issues are emotional for some of you. And I'm not asking you not to have emotions. I'm not asking you to not have an emotional response. What I will ask, though, is that as you're engaging with this, that you take control of the emotion and try to engage primarily with your mind and not emotionally, okay? I want you to be able to think clearly and follow the evidence. That's hard to do if you allow your emotions to control the discussion that's going on up here. Okay, one more quick objection that's come up, and then I'll be done uh, for today. There are some who claim that people only believe what they believe, particularly Christianity, because of who their parents are or the culture where they grew up. You are a Christian because your parents were a Christian. You are a Christian because you grew up in a place where Christianity was popular, something like that. Even if that were true, which it's not, by the way, it's not true. In fact, you can go around this room, let alone all over Christendom, and find plenty of people whose parents were not Christians and who did not grow up in a Christian household or around a Christian culture who have become Christians and vice versa. People who grew up in church but never really were Christians and went away from it. So it's not true even on that level, okay? Um, but here's the deal. It is not uh, true that because of your cultural moment and your circumstances that you'll believe whatever that thing is. You had parents, you had cultural norms, and you believe what you believe. I think you believe based on your own thinking, but I could say the same thing to anyone. If it's true that Christians only believe in Christianity because of their parents and the social norms, then it's true that atheists only believe in atheism because of their parents and social norms. And it's true that agnostics only believe in agnosticism and on and on and on. Let's assume for each other that we have the ability to think well. Let's assume that. Let's assume that we can move beyond. Let's assume the best about one another. That's what I'll be doing. Throughout this, the arguments that come against, I will assume them at their very highest, at their very best, and interact with them there. I won't take them at the lowest or the easiest to defeat, okay? I'd ask you to do the same. So, I'm going to wrap up here. If Jesus Christ rose from the dead, after he claimed that he would rise from the dead, that is an event that is different in kind from any other event in the history of the world. If Jesus Christ rose from the dead, that changes everything. It means we can be right with the creator of the universe. It means we can have eternal life in Christ. If Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, then we Christians who believe in him, as it says, are of all people to be the most pitied. But here's the other thing. If Jesus Christ did rise from the dead, then those who do not believe in him are going to end up being the ones to be pitied. The reason that we're doing this, the reason that we're going through this is because the stakes are high. This isn't just for fun. We believe that there are real truths that you can know them and that it's important that you do. And that in the end, all of this, 
All of this, once you believe, the Holy Spirit draws you to himself. All of this leads to life like you've never experienced. This stuff really makes you think, doesn't it? And we're just getting started, so I hope you'll continue to join us. I'd also like to invite you to come hear Pastor David in person this Sunday morning. He loves meeting folks from our Contemplate audience, so come see us. Easy directions and all the info you need are just a click away at axchurchnw.org or call us at 360-885-9000. Hope to see you this Sunday. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out the next episode for more great Bible teaching here on Contemplate. Contemplate.